friends, welcome to Bookish Bliss, our virtual book club. Every week, we will dig into a section of chapters in our favorite books. Let's get started. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode five of Bookish Bliss. We have a lot to discuss today. Yes, we do. This week, we are covering chapters 40 through 46 of A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mass. There will be spoilers for the whole book since we are discussing the final chapter. Yes, we're finally here. (laughs) (laughs) So for this episode and the next, you do have to read the whole book to listen. So just a heads up, you need to know everything because we're not holding back. No. (laughs) All right, Amanda, what are you drinking tonight? So I actually don't have Mark West tonight. (gasps) Surprise, surprise. Shocked. (laughs) I know. So I got this Cabernet Savion for my birthday, Josh. Oh, I love Josh. Yes, I actually like it too. So... I'm having that today. What are you drinking tonight, Megan? Well, I didn't finish the wine again this week because I feel like the only time I have time for wine is when we're on the podcast. So (laughs) I am bringing back the tried and true Montepellioso. Nice. So I'll be pouring myself a glass because you know that I haven't done it yet. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. All right. And you know, mine is already poured. Yes. <laughs> Cheers. Happy belated birthday. Oh, Happy birthday, you. girl. Thank you. Cheers yeah. to episode five. Finishing episode our five. first book. Wild. That's so crazy. Delicious. Delicious. Now let's get started with the good stuff and break down Akatar part five. Over to you, Meg. Please summarize this final set of chapters for us. I cannot believe we are here and that I am doing the final summary for this book. I know. It feels like we just started. It really does feel like we just started. I think, well, this book's a little bit shorter than the other ones we're going to be doing. So maybe we won't feel this way the next time around. (laughs) Yeah. I'm so excited that we can finally start book two after we record this. So we need to get a move on. We got to get a move on. (laughs) Okay, chapter 40. Feyre's second task has arrived. Since she hasn't figured out the riddle yet, Amarantha wants to give her some extra practice. Feyre is lowered into the space below the cavern that they're in, and she sees Lucian trapped on the other side. If she wants to make it out of this task alive and Lucian, she will have to read the riddle on the wall and choose the correct lever. Recent <laughs> assists her through their bargain, and both her life and Lucian's is saved. Thank God. Thank God. Chapter 41. Feyre is in a depressive episode as she knows she will surely die and doom everyone by the time her next and final task comes around. We learn the King of Highburn is getting restless and Amarantha better not leave him hanging a second time, this time against taking the mortal lands back. Chapter 42. It's Feyre's last party with Resand before her third task. Resand is being entertained by another female fairy and the High Lord of the Spring Court manages to sneak away from Amarantha to have a final rendezvous in a coat closet with Feyre. They are caught by Resand, who then kicks him out furiously and kisses Feyre before Amarantha finds them. We learn more about who Resand is, and it's interesting. We'll talk mm-hmm. more about that later in the episode. Oh, yes, we will. 
Chapter 43, the third task is here. Things are moving much more quickly in this set of chapters. They are back in the throne room and the fairies are silent. They are not going along with Amarantha's antics. Feyre gives a final declaration of love to Tamlin who remains silent at Amarantha's side. Her task is to kill three fairies with Ashwood daggers and Feyre will win. She kills the first fairy, she kills the second fairy, and when she gets to the third, it's Tamlin? Oh, Tamlin! It's actually Tamlin! Unbelievable. Chapter 44, our girl has stabbed Tamlin, but only due to his heart of stone that she has finally figured out, and he has survived the stabbing. Amarantha is furious. She says she will let them go when she is ready. She only said immediately for the riddle. She starts beating Feyre to the outrage of the rest of the fairies gathered. Tamlin is still weakened. Rhysan tries to attack Amarantha with the Ashwood dagger, but is unsuccessful. Amarantha is killing Feyre and screaming at her, say you don't love him. And that is when Feyre figures out the riddle. She answers correctly. Tamlin's eyes widen and Feyre dies. Insane. Shit, that was a crazy chapter. Yeah, it was. Chapter 45. Feyre is above watching a crazy scene unfold, but she is seeing through Rhysand's eyes. Amarantha pleads for her life, but Lucian tosses Tamlin a blade, and now he is at full power. He rips into her throat and stabs her. When Tamlin returns to Feyre, he holds her in his arms. The High Lords all approach forward and give a spark of power into Feyre's body. Are they healing her? I was so confused at this part. I did not see it coming, but God, what a great fucking ending. Right? Chapter 46. We now know that she is healed and is now High Fey. Holy shit. Wild. (laughs) Tamlin explains it was the only way to save her. Feyre is feeling all sorts of feelings about her new body, her guilt over killing those fairies, but all around her, the High Lords are discussing the next steps as they prepare to leave under the mountain for good. After some rest with Tamlin, wink, (laughs) (laughs) Reese summons her to say goodbye to her. She reminds him that she will see him soon due to the bargain. They have their typical banter exchange before he freezes while looking at her and disappears. Tamlin and Feyre return home to the spring court and watch how peaceful everything is now. End of book one. Wild. I actually love, though, that it ended in such a fairy tale happiness kind of way. Yeah, and they lived happily ever after. Exactly, yeah. Even though it's still book one and you know there's going to be more drama, it was nice for it to finally Mm -hmm. just be good and happiness and sweet bliss for them at the end of this book. Yeah, Sarah gave you a kind of a nice, peaceful ending and she's like, enjoy it now, bitches. (laughs) Yeah, we know it ain't going to last, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> good All luck right. yeah so i'm gonna dive into the characters now that were mentioned we don't have any new ones but we do have some old characters that are reintroduced into our story and then i'm gonna talk a little bit about a few of our characters now what's going on Ooh. the king of hybern comes back into our story he knows about the bargain that amarantha has made with Feyre. we learn that the high king forgave amarantha once for her madness with jurian but he will not forgive her for failing to aid his cause for a second time mm-hmm. he has the power to strip her powers away without the use of spells and potions 
He had been planning to take back the mortal world for all these years, and he was no longer content on waiting. No. The High King also sent a fairy to Prithian on a condition of immunity. He is in conversation with the Ator, and Feyre overhears a part of it that we will discuss later in this episode. She hears him snort like a pig multiple times, though. I guess I we do have a new character, sort of. Sort of. <laughs> we, never, we don't see him again. Yeah, he's just merely in the episode for to bring back the king, I think. Yeah, I'm kind of plans. Yeah, I'm kind of glad that we don't ever fully see him or get a description of him because just the sound of him sounds so awful that yeah. I don't even want to know what his face looks like. <laughs> yeah. Got to be one ugly dude. One ugly dude. <laughs> we learn that beyond the obvious, aka his perfect face, Amarantha targeted Resan because his father killed Tamlin's father and his brothers. Amarantha decided that she wanted to punish the son of her friend's murderer. She hated Rhysand enough from his father's deed that he was to suffer. And we learn that Tamlin's heart is made of stone. This was the other part of the curse. Yes. It's going to come in handy for Feyre later, as we will discuss. (laughs) We needed that tiny tidbit to come into play. Yes, Yes, definitely. We are also introduced to the rest of the High Lords, and we get a description of them at the end of this book. So I figured I would just list them here before we move on to our world building section. Mm -hmm. The High Lord of the Autumn Corps, a tall, handsome, brown-haired man with a face similar to Lucian's, his father. High Lord of the Summer Court, brown-skinned and wore a tunic of blue and green, and atop his white blonde head was a garland of roses. High Lord of the Winter Court, pale-skinned, clad in colors of white and gray, with a crown of shimmering ice. High Lord of the Dawn Court, glowed brightest of them all, with a gold and ruby raiment. High Lord of the Day Court, clad in white and gold, his dark skin gleaming with an inner light. Mm. Also, because this moment makes my heart so happy, Alice is reunited with her nephews and they are all safe back in the spring court with Tam Tam, Lucy Baby, and Feyre at the end of this book. She is reunited with her nephews and Lucy Baby! (laughs) They're all together, a little misfit family. I love it. The spring court is back together again. Yeah. So on to our world building section. Vera's second task was in a new cavern, smaller than the throne room, but large enough to be an old entertainment space. Except for the gilded walls, there was no decorations and no furniture. The queen even sat on a wooden carved chair. The floor lowered, sending her into a rectangular pit. There was no door, only three walls and an iron gate that split the chamber into two. Two giant spike-encrusted grates that Feyre dismissed as chandeliers started to lower and glowed from heat. Ooh. That was tough. That That was was tough. That was a close scene there, Feyre. Yes. Cutting it a little close. But an interesting one. Yes. Which we will discuss later. Yes. And then I just have magic for the rest of this section. And we know what that is. <laughs> My favorite section. Yes, Megan's favorite. When Feyre reached for the second lever, she felt pain. She looked down at the eye on her palm and it narrowed. She tried to grab lever two again, but more paralyzing pain. And the eye was back in its usual shape. She grabbed for the first lever and that resulted in the same fate. As she grabbed the third lever, all she felt was cool stone. Mm. Some magic going on there with her new tattoo courtesy of Resand. I know her left hand's giving her lots of power. 
When the floor started rising again, she realized she won, but basically escaped death by the skin of her teeth, and she wanted to cry. Rhysand began speaking to her in her head. I assume the tattoo he gave her for accepting their bargain was a way for him to be in her mind, in her thoughts, and communicate with her. I assume that's how they were talking. Yeah. Who knows if that's true or not with the way this story's going, but... <laughs> Who knows? We'll see. I just want to know the magic happening when we get to chapters that include the third task and beyond, since there is a ton of magic going on here. Between Tamlin's stone heart, the power Amarantha uses to attack Favorite and defend against Resand, the power Resand uses to try and stop Amarantha, the golden light that encompassed Tamlin that he uses to end the bitch, and finally, the magic the High Lords use to bring Favorite back to life as High Fae. But I think it's best to discuss the details of these instances later in our plot section of this episode. Whoa. Whoa. That was so many things that happened. Yes. And like <laughs> six chapters. Literally six chapters. Yeah. It was a lot. Wild. I don't even know if I'm ready to take on this plot section I right know. now. Oh, I'm ready. It's should we take, juicy. Should we take a sip of wine before we yes, dig we in? We shall. Okay. We shall. Delicious. So good. All right. Let's dig into the plot notable lines in some foreshadowing. Take it away, Megan. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Chapter 40. This is Farah's second trial, which is so weird that we've only seen one trial so far. And we're going into the last six chapters where it'll encompass two trials. Yes. Which is so crazy. She, like you said, arrives in this cavern and Amarantha is sitting in a chair with Tamlin on one side of her and the Ator standing on the other. Tamlin and Farah make eye contact with each other and it isn't until Feyre hears hissing does she turn back towards Amarantha who is frowning at Tamlin for looking at Feyre. Whoa. I know this is the first time we've seen Tamlin actually make eye contact with her. Yes finally it only took freaking 12 chapters under the mountain. I don't know if it's 12 exactly but you know. I know. A while. <laughs> I wonder why in this specific moment he chose to make the eye contact with her. I know. Maybe, be, you know why? Probably. Because Lucian, Lucian was in danger. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Does Tamlin love Feyre or does Tamlin love Lucian? <laughs> I don't know. I'm starting to question it, honestly. I know. So Amarantha <laughs> wants to know if Feyre has figured out the riddle. She hasn't. She will soon she will soon. Amarantha says, well, this next trial is to help you practice. And she is lowered into the space below where she sees Lucian shackled on the other side of the cell. She also sees Lucian's brothers gathered around the hole peering in at them, but she does not see Lucian's mother or father. Mm. Feyre's task is to read the question and answer it correctly by one of the three levers below the question. But she only has a certain amount of time because the ceiling is slowly closing in on both her and Lucian. The chandeliers have spikes and flames and are coming down. It's getting hotter and hotter in the space that they are in. Anxiety. I would have such anxiety about this. Well, yeah, because she can't fucking read. Yeah, <laughs> she cannot read and she's about to get squished slowly. When yeah, which Lucian is not feeling very optimistic about her succeeding when he sees what the task is and he swears under his breath, yeah. but he is too far away to assist her. 
Feyre says she can only understand the basic words in the riddle and it would take her time to sound out the other words or she would need to research them. Mm-hmm. So this is not looking good for either one of them at this time. No, we don't have time for all that. Lucian is just begging her. Just pick one, he tells her so many times. He's like, yes. just pick one. It's better than you just standing there staring at this riddle you can't read. Pull the lever. <laughs> it reminds me of um, Emperor's New Groove. Yeah. <sighs> so then Feyre's like, okay, well, if I'm going to just pick one, let's make it some sort of logic with it. So she thinks two would be the answer for two people like her and Tamlin. <laughs> one, she doesn't think it is because one is bad, like the act or Amarantha and three was too many like three sisters in a tiny crowded cottage so I do kind of understand where she's coming from but at the same time like this is not logical (laughs) this is not a logical answer (laughs) no Amarantha I want to know what the actual question is because we don't get to see it all we know is that it has something to do with like grasshoppers and I don't know. I know. Well, we would know if she could read, but maybe (laughs) next book. She can't. No. When she goes to pull on the number two, because she thinks that's the most logical answer of what it could be, she feels a burning, painful sensation in her hand. And when she goes to read for it again, it does the same thing. She looks at the eye on her palm and could have sworn the eyes had narrowed at her, like you said. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I just want to bring back when I was re-listening to our episode from last week and when she was cleaning the floor and it was Mm -hmm. so muddy and she placed the palm on her face or on the ground and then all of a sudden Lucian's mom showed up. Like, how did Lucian's mom know that she was in there? Do you think Resand sent her down there to help her because, like, she owed Feyre for Lucian's life? Because... How else would she know? Because the palm obviously knew she was in trouble. Yeah. Maybe. I I didn't think of that. I was just thinking about that as I was driving home today, re-listening to that. (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely an interesting point. Nobody knew she was in that room. No. But Hmm. she said she, like, pressed the hand down on the floor and on her face or whatever, and she could have sworn it was looking at her. Yeah, yeah. And that was the part when I was like, maybe Resan sent her, since now we know. To get help. Rhysand was helping her through the bargain right. to get help. Mm, interesting point, Megan. Good find. Just just thought of some things. <laughs> so she goes, like I said, to reach for the second lever and her hand is like, absolutely not. So she goes to reach for the first lever and she feels the pain again. And then when she reaches towards the third lever... There is silence. There is no pain. So she's like, hmm, this is interesting. Let me, because I have all the time in the world, test out this theory again by reaching for the first lever. And again, there is pain. She goes back to the third and there is silence. She looks up and she sees Reese, who's looking down at her, almost bored. But she's going to have to trust him. The mm-hmm. ceiling is so low at this point that she could reach out and touch the spikes. So Lucian is like, please, please, just 
Pick one. Pick one. And so she pulls on the third lever and realizes it was correct. The spikes stop moving and she is raised up again into the crowd and both her and Lucian are saved. Yes. She's such a genius, but in this moment, she's a dummy. Yeah. Like, why do you have to retest it? Obviously, something's going on. She didn't pick up on it as fast as she should have, I think, in my opinion. She (laughs) was acting like she had all the time in the world to be picking one of the levers. Not her and Lucian we're about to die a gory death because she's curious about what the pain is like (laughs) unbelievable you want to see pain honey then you should have just waited for it to crush you no seriously (laughs) she is crying her head is down she's bent over and like you said earlier she can hear reese in her head and this is the first time we've heard his voice in her head Mm -hmm. He tells her not to give Amarantha the satisfaction of seeing her break. He tells her and almost forces her to stand up with no tears in her eyes. He calls her a good girl and tells her to hold Amarantha's stare for 10 seconds, not to look at Tamlin and then to turn and leave the room. She said Reese being in her head held her together. Yeah, she's feeling pretty low at this point. I mean... She's reminded of her shortcomings once again because she can't read. And if it wasn't for that tattoo, they would be squished like little bugs. Her and Lucian. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. If it wasn't for how she feels is cheating, we would be dead. But let's, let's be fair. Like, Amarantha is not playing fair. Exactly. There's no rules that says that she has to play fairly. Nope, there isn't. I don't see it as cheating. There's no rules. There are no no rules. (laughs) No, fuck Amarantha. Yeah, so she (laughs) keeps her head. Yeah, fuck that bitch. Hold her, (laughs) hold her down. Stare her down. Just like when you use a bone dagger at her head, you stare that bitch down. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So she does that, obviously. And Mm -hmm. when she gets back to her cell, that's when she has the biggest, most massive mental breakdown in all of Perithian history. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, she can't read. She felt like she was treating. She feels worthless that they're doomed. Tamlin and his court, she was spiraling like she used to feel before. She built her confidence in the spring court. Yes. I think, too, the next task is kind of looming over her head now. Like, if she was that helpless in the second task, like, what the hell is she going to have to face and be put in that position again? So I can understand her meltdown. But It could be almost, like, relief mixed in there, too. Yeah. He doesn't say that it's relief, but she just survived the task. She saved Lucian's life because he also would have died if she failed and she made it out she won the second task yeah Reese then pays her a visit in her cell and he taunts her for still crying he then bends down and licks her tears I was like what the fuck did I just read that correctly (laughs) I also was kind of like what the fuck is he doing but it was effective Beer calls him disgusting and is backing away from him and he says well Beer, you're so grateful like you are all the time for my assistant 
<laughs> Little shit. <laughs> Aira wants to know if Brisan is going to use the information of her not being able to read against her. He says he would never give up the most useful information of her not being able to read as court gossip. Yes, and this is actually my notable line for this chapter. Page 369. Resan says, I've been thinking of ways to torment you when you come to my court. I'm wondering, will assigning you to learn to read be as painful as it looked today? <laughs> little shit. <laughs> He's such a little shit. At least it's getting all the depression off of Vera's mind. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know if that's torture, but that's definitely a useful ta- thing for her to have if he does teach her how to read. Yeah. Yeah. Reesan always like trying to do good things by doing it an ass backwards way. <laughs> yeah. Reesan says he will give her one night off from escorting him to the nightly parties but after that he expected her to be back at it. Feyre is feeling all kinds of pissed off now once Reese leaves and she notes that she doesn't know if he knows it or not but he saved her from completely breaking in at that moment. I think he knows. I think he knows. He knows exactly what he was doing. He licked her face. He licked her face and tears (laughs) off of her. Megan's like, why can't he lick my face? (laughs) I cry all the time. She cries just because she's waiting for him to lick her face. (laughs) For those of you that don't know yet, Megan has a huge crush on Reese. (laughs) It's not a secret anymore after last episode. No. No. (laughs) I think Amanda secretly loves him too, but we'll wait. We'll let her. I I think I do too. She's just like Feyre. She's in denial. (laughs) Yes. I might be in denial a little bit. He's still a little tricky, though. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that more in this section. He still has some ways where I'm like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This little... Chapter 41. Feyre is wholly depressed. She is just an empty shell as she goes night after night drinking the wine and happy that she cannot remember what happens. She is on her way with the two fairies who dress her every night, glamoured as they walk to the bedroom, and they hear voices in the hallway. She recognizes one as the Ator and one that sounds like a pig. The two fairies are even high strung and nervous when they hear these two fairies, especially the Ator. They cloak her and themselves behind a tapestry and cover Feyre's mouth. They overhear the two fairies talking about Amarantha and the King of Highburn. Yes, and this is actually my notable line for this chapter. Page 372. I heard talk from soldiers in Highburn that the High King is not pleased regarding the situation with the girl. Amarantha made a fool's bargain. She cost him the war the last time because of her madness with Jurian. If she turns her back on him again, he will not be so willing to forgive her. Stealing his spell and taking his territory for her own is one thing. Failure to aid in his cause a second time is another. Hmm. That is crazy. This makes me feel like we're going to see the King of Highburn soon. Oh, boy. (laughs) Well, I feel like that last line, stealing his spell and taking his territory for her is one thing. Failure to aid in his cause a second time is another. So what is his cause? I think it's to get back the lands and to get back the humans because he didn't want to give up his human slaves when the war ended. And he, you know, sent out those people in his court to check out the other areas to see if they were just as upset as he is. And even though he's not really getting the response back that I think he thought he was going to get, his main goal is to still take back that area because they're just on that tiny little island of Highburn, yeah. and yeah. that's not a lot of space 
Right. I just thought it was interesting because, I mean, either way, these mortals are fucked. There's either Amarantha coming after them or the King of Hybern. There's somebody always trying to enslave them again. Yeah, exactly. And they, they don't have, even know. They have they have no inkling that yeah. any of this is happening. Or do they? Hmm. Or do they? So he is powerful mm-hmm. and someone we should definitely be scared about yes amarantha's like the novice villain here i feel and then we're gonna get higher and higher into the rankings she's the villain in book one so that's saying a lot (laughs) yeah the lowest of the low Yes. When they take off, Farrah wants to know if Rhysan knows about this, and they tell her he soon won. She is then a few nights away from her third task, where she is certain she is going to die. She then hears the most beautiful music that brings on an emotional experience for her. It makes her think about Tamlin and painting and just, you know any kind and nice thing that has ever happened to her or a feeling that she's had while she's listening to this music. She has no idea what the third trial is going to bring her, but only the cauldron knows. Yes. What do you think this music was? Is Tamlin allowed to play the fiddle? <laughs> the mountain? He's just sitting in his room like, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, we'll find out. Eventually. Oh, okay, okay. Good to know. Which brings us to chapter 42. Feyre is in the throne room for the last party she thinks she will ever be alive for. She is waiting against the wall for Reese to summon her, have her drink the wine, and do whatever he says, but currently he has another fairy in his lap. She notes that he will tire of her soon, which is an interesting comment for her mm-hmm. to make. Feyre notes that it is also getting harder and harder to look at Tamlin these days, but all of a sudden, she feels him next to her. Tamlin brushes his hand against her tattooed hand, which she is not happy about. Mm-hmm. Feyre is beyond ecstatic, though, that she can feel him. She feels alive again with him by her side. Tamlin then walks away through the crowd, but then stops and inclines his head slightly for her to follow. Fear immediately pushes off the wall and starts following him through, going another route to a small door off of the throne room. Feyre makes it inside and Tamlin immediately has her up against a wall. They are kissing fiercely. Hands are roaming. If this is to be her last moment with him, then she is going to enjoy it. Yes. Feyre starts removing his clothing when Rhysand steps into the room with a, isn't this shameful? Tisk tisk tisk. Rhysand tells Tamlin to put his clothes back on, fix his hair, and he removes the paint from Tamlin's hands. Because as we can remember, Feyre mm-hmm. is painted from head to toe in body paint so that Rhysand will know if anyone has touched her. Mm-hmm. Tamlin does all of this without complaint or any protesting in any way. Reason tells him to rejoin the party and Tamlin tells Feyre softly, I love you, before turning and walking out the door without looking back. Mm. I mean, I feel like he could have looked back. Yeah, I feel like he is acting like he just got caught as a teenager doing something bad and can't defend himself or something. Yeah, I think he's 
maybe terrified that Resand is going to tell Amarantha yeah. what just happened because yeah. Tamlin doesn't trust Resand like Feyre does. Well, I don't right. know if Feyre trusts Resand. She has no choice but to trust Resand, but right. Tamlin absolutely does not trust him. Yeah, I guess that's true for sure. Then Resand tells Feyre, if you're that desperate for a release, you could have just asked me. <laughs> Little shit. Here we go again with his comments where I'm like, hmm. <laughs> Resand is not happy with Feyre or Tamlin calling them fools. Do they have any idea what would have happened if Amarantha had caught them? Maybe Lucian would be used again for punishment. That's interesting that he brings that up. Yeah. Feyre says, why do you care? And Resand's like, why do I care? Why do I care? <laughs> She can see his wings, but before he can continue, his wings disappear and he is shoving her against the wall with him kissing her aggressively. Ooh, he must have heard Amarantha coming. Yes. Moments later, Amarantha was the one who opens the door with now Tamlin by her side. Amarantha finds this hysterical saying all humans are basically fickle with their hearts. Mm-hmm. So Amarantha is super pleased that Feyre is making out with Resand and not Tamlin. And Tamlin gets to see this. Yes. She still thinks that this is going to be her moment to be Tamlin's girl. But little does she know. (laughs) Little does she know. No matter what, that is never going to happen. Never, ever going to happen. The paint on Feyre is now all smudged and the paint is on Resan's hands. Resan pushes her towards the door, saying that he's tired of her for the night and she can go back to her cell. Tamlin is now walking back to his normal seat by Amarantha's throne and does not look back at Feyre. Where Feyre just wants to tell him, you know why this is happening. Like, this doesn't mean anything. But of course, Tamlin is being Tamlin, not giving a freaking inch, walking back to his throne, not looking at Feyre. Yeah, I feel like he should have known. I mean, he was just about to freaking have sex with her in the coat closet. Obviously, she was not making out with Resand purposely or like intentionally. Yeah, her paint was all smudged. Like, clearly there had to be a good reason for Amarantha why her paint is smudged. And Reese just delivered it. Yes, maybe he didn't have to actually kiss her, but he was was selling the moment. He had to make it believable. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now Amarantha, though, is looking at Resand in some type of way after Mm -hmm. she catches him kissing Feyre. Because he is apparently her whore, so... She's like, hmm. Losing two guys to this bitch? Absolutely not. (laughs) Later that night, Reese shows up in Feyre's cell saying he's tired. She is running him ragged and that Feyre needs to survive tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Reesen tells her that once she completes her task tomorrow and wins and Tamlin gets his powers back, he will kill Amarantha and rip her to shreds. The whole world is now in the hands of an illiterate human. (laughs) Thanks for the insult. Yeah. Feyre's like, if you're just going to insult me, Reese says that he's just tired and he has no one to talk to that wouldn't use it against him. 
Feyre wants to know if she thinks Tamlin will go after Rhysand as well. But Rhys says that he will go after Amarantha first and then Rhys will get his powers back and he'll be out of there. Yes. So this is actually my notable line for this chapter. Page 383. It's the only claim I have to innocence, he said. The only thing that will make Tamlin think twice before entering into a battle with me that would cause a catastrophic loss of innocent life. It's the only way I can convince him I was on your side. Believe me, I would have liked nothing more to enjoy you. But there are bigger things at stake than taking a human woman into my bed. Yes. So we kind of know what Rhysand's plan is, is that yeah. he needs Tamlin to kill Amarantha so that so once she's dead, he can get his powers back Yeah, because she's holding all their powers. Mm-hmm. So it is for selfish reasons why he's on their side at the it- moment. I mean, I guess it is for selfish purposes, but all the High Lords will get their powers back once, you know, Amarantha is dead and they can all go home. Yeah, he just wants to be freed from Amarantha. And I'm not so sure that he's thinking of any of the other High Lords in this moment, but you're right. They will all get their powers back and be freed. Mm -hmm. And he can get back to whatever he does (laughs) in his own. Yeah, exactly. Tattooing people for bargains. Like you said, he's hoping that Tamlin won't start a war with him and he needs to protect his court and his territory and his people from a tyrant queen who can ruin their lives at any moment. Tamlin must have also expressed similar feelings to her, which he hasn't, but it's mostly probably because he couldn't talk to her about Amarantha or anything to do with what was going on. Yeah. We then find out why Rhysand was Amarantha's whore, which you said earlier. It's because of his father, and she's mm-hmm. now taking it out on Rhysand. Right. Favorite does say after he tells her this that she wants to reach out to him, but she doesn't. Feyre says she also realizes that if Rhysand hadn't have kissed her, it would have been obvious that she had been kissing Tamlin, and it would have come back badly on them. Right. Yeah. So she realizes that Reese actually was helping them in this situation at this time. Yeah, exactly. I think it's all clicking in place to her why Reesan is doing or has done everything he has done up into this moment. Reese then says he has told her too much. And if she was clever, she could use this information to bring it to Amarantha. And she may just give Tamlin to her for this information. Feyre says, well, you didn't have to bargain with me. You could have demanded every single week and I would have said yes. Reeson says, I know, and then leaves in a very recent fashion. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, this partnership. So interesting. It definitely gives us some good back and forth. Yeah. It's almost like the same banter that you see with her and Lucian. Yeah, except a little bit more sexual tension, I would say. (laughs) Exactly. Less less brother and sister, more lovers. Yes, exactly. Chapter 43. It is the day of her third and final task. They dress her in her old tunic and pants and they smelled disgusting. I could only imagine what they smelled like. Feyre holds her head high as she walks into the throne room. The other fairies kiss their fingers and put them towards her as a sign of a warrior going to their death. 
So very ominous as we're walking into this throne room. (laughs) Amarantha, as usual, is sitting on her throne with Tamlin beside her, but he was not looking at her. Typical. Typical. Amarantha tells her this is her final trial and it would be worse to die now that she's made it so far. They both waited for the other fairies to laugh, but there was only silence. I feel like the other people are now catching on. Well, maybe not just catching on, but now they're realizing like, oh shit, if Favor loses, we're all fucked for the rest of our lives. Yeah. 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 And she's made it this far and they've seen her succeed to this point. So it's almost like their hopes are probably up as well. And they don't want to laugh about the thought of her dying. Right. They want to give her encouragement, but also not be beheaded in the process by Amarantha. So (laughs) I can understand the silence. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Feyre gives a final speech to Tamlin saying that she loves him. And Amarantha asks Tamlin if he has any last words for her, but he remains silent. Three fairies, two males and one female are then brought into the throne room with bags over their heads by some of Amarantha's guards. Amarantha tells Feyre she has to kill each of the fairies with an ashwood dagger. And if she kills all three, then she will have won. She killed Tamlin's sentinel and Jurian killed her sister. And this was the way she was going to have Feyre's trials end. She also adds in to Feyre that these three fairies are innocent. Feyre doesn't want to do this. She can't do it. But it's three lives for Tamlin's, her own life, and the spring court. But it's really for Perithian and the mortal lands. It's yeah. all coming down to these three fairies' lives against the world, basically crumbling because Feyre fails, which yes. has to be an insurmountable amount of pressure on her at this moment. Yes, pressure, but also I feel like she's kind of using it not as an excuse, but as some kind of relief to have to kill these innocent people. Like at least more lives are being saved by this killing. Yeah, she has to justify it. Right, exactly. That's the word I'm looking for. She has to justify the kills. Feyre then says she would damn her own life to protect everyone that she loves because it's not just Tamlin and Lucian that are in there, but her sisters and her father and everyone in the mortal lands, Isaac, his new wife, like everyone she knows and loves. It's everybody's lives. Yeah, and these three are innocent, but so is the rest of the whole entire fairy land and mortal land. So Exactly. Right. So she picks up the first Ashwood dagger and the guards remove the bag from the first male fairy's head. The fairy begs and pleads and screams for their life. Someone in the crowd is crying, but she has to do it. Someone in the crowd is crying. She does it. She feels the tingle in her palm from Reese telling her to do it. She stabs them in the heart and they look at her with hatred as they die. Gotta be heavy. It's it's gotta be heavy. Yeah. She pulls back the Ashwood dagger and there's blood all over her hands now. And the guard steps up to her to hand her a fresh new Ashwood dagger that's clean. But she's looking at it and there's blood on her hand and it's just bringing in all the emotions with Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. This fairy is a female and this female is praying the prayer we heard back when Tamlin recited it to the blue fairy back in the spring court when they were dying. Mm -hmm. Feyre hesitates but the female fairy nods at her 
her and repeats the last part of the prayer and Feyre stabs her in the chest. There is more crying in the room. This is my notable line for this chapter, page 393. One fairy and then we were free. Just one more swing of my arm and maybe one more after that. Maybe one more swing up and inward into my own heart. So you know Feyre is really feeling it right now. Yeah. She is thinking about killing herself. She's feeling so guilty for killing these innocent fairies. But Yeah. She's like, I'll do this task and then it's over for me and everybody else though that I love will be safe. Yeah, exactly. She doesn't know how she's going to live with herself even if she survives this after this moment. No, she doesn't. Yeah. When Feyre gets to the third Fae, the bag is removed from their head and we see that it's Tamlin. She turns to the throne and the Tamlin besides Amarantha turns into the Ator. So I knew there was some body switching. I was just one section early. (laughs) I just wanted to point out that part where Amanda says, maybe it's really not Tamlin by her side. And I was like, no, Amanda, it is Tamlin by her side, which (laughs) he was actually by her side for those parts. But in this instance, Amanda was correct and up her thought that maybe it's not Tamlin. It wasn't (laughs) Tamlin in that final speech that she gave to him. Although I did think for a moment, which I remember texting you about as I'm reading this section, that I thought maybe it was Lucian, the last person. You did. You're like, if this is Lucian, I swear to God. And I was like, wait until she sees who Yeah, Megan was like, keep reading, keep reading. (laughs) (laughs) But Tamlin was a shock. Yes. Amarantha tells her if she kills Tamlin, he can be free and they can be together forever because all she said in her bargain to Feyre was that he could be free. Well, this is one way he can be free is in death. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. (laughs) Resand goes pale because he's like, I don't know if she's going to be able to do this. And this is all coming down to the wire. This is the last fairy that she needs to kill. And I don't know if she's going to be able to do this. Mm -hmm. Tamlin is on his knees. His eyes are defiant. She turns back to Tamlin and she remembers that Alice told her that there was still a part of the curse that she couldn't know, that if she knew what it was, that it would help her break the curse. Alice had told her to listen, to listen to what she has heard. And I'm not sure why this is all coming back to her in this moment. But I know. I thought the same thing. I'm like, <laughs> real convenient that she's remembering this now in this moment. I guess it's means- never really mattered like what yeah. the rest of the curse was until this moment. But yeah. then she's flashing back to her time at the spring court. Tamlin had lied about why she was there but he made it very apparent that something was going on and that something was wrong Tamlin let her overhear conversations between him and Lucian by keeping the doors open he led the Ator to where he had her hidden so she could hear the conversations Mm -hmm. it then clicks with her that his heart was made of stone Lucian had said for someone with the heart of stone yours is awfully soft these days and the Ator had said though you have a heart of stone Tamlin you certainly keep a host of fear inside of it. Feyre knows Amarantha would never kill Tamlin when she wanted him so badly. So she either thought Feyre wouldn't do it or she was playing a very dangerous game. Yeah, I think this is also the reason why Feyre even thinks about what Alice had told her in the first place because she's like, there is no way in hell that Amarantha would let me just kill him. So there's got to be a trick here. Yeah, if anyone's going to kill Tamlin, it's going to be Amarantha at the end of the day. Yeah. 
And if she hasn't yet, then she probably wasn't planning on it. Yeah. When the realization clicks on Feyre's face and she takes the dagger into her hand, there was a faint smile on Tamlin's face as she stood over him because he knows that she knows that he has a heart of stone yes. and she's about to win this third and final trial. Yes. She That's says, all the reassurance that she needs to let it happen. Yeah. She knows that she's doing the right thing because yeah. she can tell on his face that she's got it. Exactly. She says, I love you. And then she stabs him right in the heart. Boom! Right in that stone. <laughs> yes. Which brings us right into chapter 44. So much action is happening. Yes. Feyre pushes the dagger through his skin and she saw blood and pain on him. So for a second, she thought, was I wrong? <laughs> Until she feels it. The stone around his heart. When she removed the dagger, it was bent. Tamlin is breathing hard. But he's healing, but very, very slowly. Yes, I just remembered too. This is probably why he was healing so slow all those times that he was fighting other favorites because his heart is stone. It probably takes time for his blood to pump and yeah, that's where all his, his magic is exactly. Like, yeah, is in, is in his heart, or that's where their magic is in their hearts. And yeah. there's stone around it right now. Yeah, so he was definitely weak by the fact that. The stone replaced his heart. Yes. Yeah. Resand is smiling. Amarantha is astonished. <laughs> and the Fae start calling out, she won, free him and his court. Amarantha attacks Vagra, saying she's going to kill her. That she never said that she would release them instantly like the riddle. She would release them when Feyre was dead. She's like, over my dead body, are you getting Tamlin? Fuck you, you're gonna die. <laughs> she is breaking all of Feyre's bones, and some fairies are calling foul play and calling Amarantha a cheat. Rhysand goes to Tamlin, and at first Feyre's like, is he helping him? But no, he's grabbing the Ashwood dagger and launches himself at Amarantha. Yeah. He is flung aside, but he is immediately up and he's running towards her again with Talons this time when she calls him a traitorous piece of filth. He was planning this the whole time and she flings him across the room so hard that when he lands, the floor is cracked. Favor yells to stop and her and Rhysand make eye contact and he is bleeding from his mouth. She keeps flashing back and forth between herself and his eyes and she can see how broken her body already is. Favor's life starts Starts flashing before her eyes. Tamlin is begging Amarantha to stop. He apologizes about what he said about her sister all those years ago, just trying to get her to stop in any way possible. And she just looks at him and is like, I'll deal with you later. Yeah, he's very desperate in this moment, obviously. Yeah. I don't well, think he even thought it would go this far where she was going to literally die because of this. Yeah, I think this, you know, this is just the last and final moment. Basically, she's already so broken that right. he's like, I don't care if Amarantha knows it or not. I love her and yeah. I'm going to try to save her in any way possible. Exactly. Feyre then thinks about the riddle again because, of course, this is the best time to think about the riddle as Amarantha is demanding over and over again that Feyre say that she doesn't love Tamlin. How could she think she could ever be worthy of a high lord when mm -hmm. the riddle clicks? Yes, and this is my notable line. Page 403. Love, I breathe. The world crumbling into a blackness with no end. A pause in Amarantha's magic. The answer to the riddle, dot, 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 I got out choking on my own blood, is love. <sighs> 
I cannot believe that I guessed that correctly last episode. I was so shocked because I didn't even think about it. Maybe if I thought about it, I would have guessed it. But like I just said yeah. last episode, I was like, I just wanted to keep reading. I wasn't really contemplating. And I read right. it so fast that I was like, I don't even have time to contemplate this. But when yeah. you said that, I was like, wow. Well, honestly, that's so interesting. I was not even confident in that answer just because I felt like it was so easy, like so cliche and so easy for me to guess that I was like, no, there has to be some kind of twist to this. But really, the riddle was not the twist. It was the stone heart that I completely missed. So I'm still proud of myself, though. No, you should you should be so proud of yourself (laughs) for getting that riddle. I was like, holy shit. (laughs) I know. I remember texting you that part, too. And I was like, I'm fucking right <laughs> <laughs> i know and here's me while we're recording last week i'm like wow amanda that is so interesting i was even more doubtful after your reaction i'm like oh god i just sounded like an idiot again i was well, after all of me giving away how i feel about certain things last episode i was trying so hard not to give anything away <laughs> and of course Farah only understands and it clicks for her when she's like an immense pain that's like her smartest times i guess you could say yeah in her she's desperate times yeah desperate times go for brain power yes. in her mind i guess so Tamlin's eyes widen when she says the answer to the riddle and Fagra's body cracks in a forever kind of way. Oh, she's dead. <laughs> I did not expect this. I was like, no way. She died? Like, there's no way. Because I even said last episode or the episode before, I was like, they have to survive. There's five books. Like, who would the books be about if they died? But little did I know. <laughs> what was going to happen next? Yep. Which brings us to chapter 45. Just two more chapters in this book. Holy moly. Wild. Feyre is looking through eyes that are not her own. She is seeing through Rhysand's eyes. So she's still hanging out in the room as a ghost, a spirit. I don't really know. Can she see through Rhysand's eyes because of the tattoo? Let's just clarify that. Yes. Okay. They're connected in that way through their mental because of the tattoo. Okay. Yeah. So through the bargain, she's basically clinging on. Okay. She can see that her neck is at an awful angle. Amarantha's face is in shock. Lucian steps forward in the crowd, tears in his good eye, and his mask was off of his face. Amarantha starts begging for her life as Tamon blasts her across the room with golden light, and he transforms into the beast. Amarantha tries to fight back, but she is nothing against Tamlin's beast. The Ator and some other of the evil fairies try to get to her, but they are fought off by other fairies in high fae in the room. So they are like, all right, it is on now. Like, this is our survival. She is going to go down today. (laughs) I was literally so excited reading this. I was like, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. In my brain, I'm like, yes, yes. Get up. Get up. reading, but I need to know what happens, but fuck yeah. (laughs) Lucian tosses Tam Tam a sword and he drives it through her head and then rips out her throat. Yes. That is the end of Amarantha. Bye-bye, bitch. Bye-bye. See you never. (laughs) Tamlin makes it back to Feyre in his high fae form and is holding onto her dead body. Other fairies have damp eyes. She saved them all. If it wasn't for her, like, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Lucian's father then comes and stands next to Lucian and has 
a spark in his hands and drops it into Feyre. And I think it's really interesting that it's Lucian's father that approaches them first. Yeah. I thought the same thing. Even reading this back, because I kind of forgot who gave the first drop of power to Feyre. And when I realized it was Lucian's father, I was like, interesting, because we'll see in other books, like different ways that his father acts. And I don't think it's a spoiler. We know that this autumn court is pretty vicious. Yeah. And how Lucian's brothers brothers, treated him. Exactly. I was going to say he sent the brothers after Lucian when he ran, killed the love of his life in front of him. So clearly he wasn't really that caring of a person to Lucian in his life up until this moment. You kind of think, Hmm. Is it because she saved Lucian so many times while she's been here? Or is it because he's just free? Probably the second, but... (laughs) Maybe the second, but it's interesting that he was kind of the leader of the High Lord stepping forward. Right. And not you know, maybe Resand or Tamlin to start the bandwagon. It was exactly. Lucian's father. Yeah. And we actually haven't really seen Lucian's father at all throughout no. the Under the Mountain. She kept mentioning the four brothers, right. seen the mom, but we really haven't seen the High Lord of the Autumn Court until this moment. Yeah, it's almost like a truce that he is coming up to Tamlin now and saying like, okay, we're you gonna- You saved us or she- yeah. the girl who loves you saves us. Yeah. I don't know. I just really needed to point that out because I was yeah. like, oh my God, no, it was definitely him? Interesting. Yeah, definitely. The other High Lords then follow suit, like we've said, when Rhysan then approaches and says for what she gave. Yes, and this is actually my notable line. Page 406. For what she gave, Rhysan said, extending a hand, will bestow what our predecessors have granted to few before. He paused. This makes us even. Mm-hmm. He's just putting that out there. Yep. He's like, we are squared away now. No You're coming after me. me. <laughs> I'm really on your side, bro. <laughs> I'm the reason why Favor was alive this whole time. Not exactly. you, fucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't come after me. Tamlin was the last to give his magic as he tells her that he loves her. Oh. Chapter 46. The last chapter in Akatar. The last chapter. Here we go. Feyre is feeling like she's swirling in inky black waves. I don't know what she's feeling really. <laughs> but when she wakes up, she feels very different. She could hear and see things in a much more heightened way. Her skin was kind of sparkling. Her fingers are longer. And when she pushed up to her feet, she felt stronger, faster, and sleek. She had become Hi, Faye. Mind blown. I don't know why I was not expecting this at all. I kind of, like, when I was reading it the first time, I thought she would become High Faye at some point because mm. how is she going to be in Perithian kind of forever? Because that's kind of what I feel like her game plan is. But I don't think that I thought it was going to happen at in this moment. Yeah. yeah. I knew they would save her, but I did not think it was to become a High Faye. Yeah. I literally thought the whole time this entire series was going to be them protecting her as a human. And she wanted to to hold on to her humanity for whatever reason, you know. Well, but. I think that she does. I don't really think she wanted to become High Fae, right. but yeah. that's why she stiffens when she finds out that she has come back as High Fae and Tamlin yeah. has to tell her, well, this was the only way to save your life. This was yeah. the only way to bring you back. Like, 
like, you were dead, bitch. <laughs> I have to say, though, once this happened, all I could think about was like, oh, my God, the next book's going to be so cool to figure out more about the high fae and what they can do and their magic, because now we're going to be able to experience it through Feyre. Yeah. And what kind of powers does Feyre have now that yeah. she's high fae? Yeah. More magic, Megan. Oh, my favorite part. <laughs> she gets to see Tam Tam without his mask on for the first time. And he's exactly how she thought he would look without the mask. Yes. This is my first notable line in this chapter, page 409. I put a hand on Tamlin's heart and a steady beat echoed in my bones. So now he has a heartbeat again. No longer stone. That's good. Well, that's a step in the right direction. Yes. <laughs> the fairies all cheered and thanks Tamlin and Feyre for saving them. You know, there's a lot that needs to happen. Now the Amaranth is dead and they all have their powers back. The mm -hmm. High Lords kind of have like a quick meeting and Feyre's just kind of standing behind them she really is in shock she feels guilty about killing those fairies and that's really all that she can kind of focus on yeah. amaranth is dead she's high fae she lost those fairies it's a lot to process for her absolutely yeah back in their room with tamlin tamlin asks Feyre how he can ever repay her and she really doesn't want his thanks she is just so guilty feeling mm -hmm. right now she doesn't feel like she deserves thanks but she really does she saved like an entire world yeah she needs to keep justifying it to herself like yes two fairies did die but look at all of the fairies and mortal land that you just saved yeah think now. of all the fairies that were just coming up to you thanking you for yes. saving their lives exactly but she doesn't want to talk about it she says we can talk about it later mm -hmm. they have some steamy reunion sex wow 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 he's bitter again <laughs> He's a biter. He's a bite of that beast. After some sexy time with Tamlin, she is awoken, I'm assuming hours later, by a pull inside of her. She knows that it's Reesan calling to her, mm -hmm. and he is standing outside of under the mountain, and his wings are out. She kind of is like squinting when she goes up there and he's like I forgot it's been a long time for you that you haven't seen the sun like yeah. it's been months Reason tells her that he just wanted to say goodbye and she's like well it's not forever remember my yeah. bargain it's on my hands and he's like hello yeah <laughs> and he's like how could I ever forget <laughs> it's actually interesting that this encounter happens in this way because number one did he really forget no absolutely not and number two even if Vera thinks that he really did did forget why would you remind him just be like yep okay goodbye <laughs> see you later she yeah. kind of wants the bargain to happen <laughs> i feel at this point she then turns to reason and says why and he knows exactly what she means yes so this is actually my notable line number two for this chapter <laughs> our final chapter deserves two notable lines i think <laughs> yes exactly page 413 because when the legends get written i didn't want to be remembered for standing on the sidelines i want my future offspring to know that i was there and that i fought against her at the end even if i couldn't do anything useful because he went on his eyes locked with mine i didn't want you to fight alone or die alone and for a moment, I remembered that fairy who had died in our foyer and how I told Tamlin the same thing. Thank you, I said, my throat tight. I also love that she says our foyer here in this line. Like she's like officially a part of the spring court. <laughs> oh my God. I love how that's what you're focusing on. I know. And I'm, like, and I'm like, 
oh like Reese and fought for her he didn't want her to die alone (laughs) I also had the thought that maybe like how the fuck did he know or did he know that she said this to the blue fairy I don't think that he does know yeah it's just like coincidence that this happens yeah because i think you know he feels the same way like almost like a faded response (laughs) favor then asks reese if he is going to fly home because his wings are out and he said it would take too long he has not flown in so long and that he doesn't tell many people about the wings or the flying because the things he tells people he loves seem to be taken away from him foreshadowing line for sure (laughs) in my opinion but (laughs) reese and wants to know how it feels being high fae but she says though her body is different her heart is still the same maybe if her heart had changed too she would feel better for everything that she's feeling and Reese says to her be glad of your human heart Vera pity those who don't feel anything at all and I think it's interesting how like she is kind of like opening up to him yeah and they're having this like heart to heart because you know it's kind of like this final moment of under the mountain because it was kind of these two against everybody else yeah and it's kind of just wrapping it up kind of it's almost bittersweet for them yeah to have to part ways but also not forever so yeah yeah reason then says goodbye for now and he mocks a bow and as he does this they lock eyes and his eyes widen his nostril flares and he looks like he is in complete shock he stiffens and then he stumbles backwards and she says he actually stumbled interesting yes what in the fuck is he shocked about what did he see wild she goes to ask him what he saw and what the heck is going on and he disappears poof gone how does she go back to her life normally after this instance (laughs) like i would be like like, what the fuck (laughs) what the fuck's going on she has no way to call him i guess i I guess she does kind of like what were you doing yeah she's like hello (laughs) what the hell's going on (laughs) why did you look at me like that over (laughs) (laughs) you get back here right now mister Oh, gosh. Wild. So, anywho's unfaced queen that she is just is like, okay, whatever, bye. Back to Tamlin. La, la, la. La, la, la. <laughs> See you later. So, now Tamlin and Feyre are going to be heading back to the spring court with everyone, and they are closing and kind of knocking down the walls in under the mountain so that nobody else will be able to get back in. Amarantha's body's taken away. She doesn't know where it's going, but she doesn't really care. They walk back through the tunnels the way she came in, and when they arrive back in the spring court, they just are looking around in awe because Alice is there with her nephews playing and they kind of are just standing atop of this hill like overlooking everyone until the sun is setting and Lucian calls them in for dinner and Feyre is just so happy that there will be a tomorrow and they kiss and she says let's go home yay and it ends on such a happy note i love that although we do get that cliffhanger from resand i think this is the perfect way to end yeah the first book definitely yeah because there is kind of a cliffhanger yeah there but it, it not like most books where it's usually the last line of the book yeah this, we get that what the heck just happened moment but then we get to see this happy reunion with everybody in the spring court exactly yeah 
which I think is amazing because it still gives us plenty to think about or mm-hmm. to predict. But also we know it's not immediate danger that they're in. So yeah, and that is the end <laughs> of book one wow i can't believe we're here i can't believe it already on to book two soon insane but before we get to megan's favorite book of all time yes let's talk about some predictions all right so from episode four i'm gonna go over those first then i do have some new ones obviously that are not about this book anymore but about a court of mist and fury just some general predictions up front before we start reading okay but first from episode four i had the prediction that her family was going to be used as bait or punishment i was wrong about this but i still think the family will make another appearance and may even be in danger possibly Mm. in the next book so wrong for now we're just going to put a pin in that one we're just going to put a pin in it for now yes (laughs) okay i can i can agree to that yes So we knew there was another part of the curse that was still in place since Alice couldn't tell her about this portion of it. I did think that she was going to figure it out and that she was going to free Tamlin. I wasn't sure about what that was going to be, but I was right. Feyre figures out that his heart is made of stone and breaks the curse. And as an added bonus, she also figures out the riddle and they are instantly freed from her even though, unfortunately, she dies in the process. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Favorite doesn't make it, but she yeah. does come back alive. She is technically freed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, for my new predictions. Okay. So I did mention last episode that I do think Resan will end up falling for Feyre. I don't think it will be just a way to get at Tamlin anymore, though. I think it's going to happen more naturally and more unexpectedly, which I have an idea of why he reacted that way. Maybe he kind of saw some love or some attraction kind of hit him in that moment. Mm. But it might not actually be danger. But the other half of me is like, he saw something dark and dangerous and he is getting the fuck out of there before he has to get involved or something. I don't know. But I do still think they're going to get closer during their time together and eventually sparks are going to fly there. And the last one from episode four that I am going to forever give my flowers about and tell everybody (laughs) that I know that reads this book that I guess this part was... Love. Love, baby. I fucking knew the answer to the damn riddle. Way you before did. Feyre. Yep. We figured <laughs> out way before Feyre did. Way before Feyre did. So Your neck didn't have to snap yeah. for you to know. I will forever be bragging about that through this yes. whole series. I'm just going to randomly remind you in the next five episodes. Remember that time <laughs> when I guessed that right? <laughs> I'm just so proud of myself. You should be. Yes. <laughs> it was a good one for sure. Yep. So into my general predictions for Akamath. Fun to say. It is fun to say. Akamath. All right, give them to me. <laughs> okay. One, as I said earlier, Resan falls for Feyre. She will be forced to choose between him and Tamlin. Better be some love triangle drama. Okay. Two, King Hyburn makes an appearance as our next villain. Level two. Yeah. And three, the mortal world is still not safe from the King of Highburn. So I predict that Favor's family will come and live with them in the spring court for safety. Mm. That is how I think they're maybe going to come back into our story. And then from there on out, I don't know what kind of danger they're going to get into. I predict some, but 
for now. I think that they probably will join Feyre and her little adopted family in the spring court. And I think if this happens, I can totally see another romance happening here with Mm. Lucian and Nesta falling for each other. Why Lucian and Nesta? I just think their personalities, their bickering assholeness (laughs) will kind of bring them together. (laughs) Interesting. But... I don't know. I feel like there has to be another love interest at some point in this book with Mm. other people besides Feyre and her love triangle. Yeah. So I'm hoping for Lucian, you know? We need to get him a girl. Aw, Lucy. Yeah, he needs to feel the love again. It got ripped out of him so horrifically the first time. Like, he deserves love, you know? He, He does deserve love. Yeah, so that's where I'm at with Lucian. Try to find him a girl. Okay. (laughs) I can be on board with that. Yeah. Find Lucian love. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So that's all I have for my predictions so far. Just some general ones, but you know, I'll probably have some better ones after or more detailed ones at that once we start reading. Mm. And that's all we have for you today. I'm so excited to start reading the next book. But first, we will discuss our final thoughts for Akatar in next week's episode. We really hope you enjoyed this week discussing the end of our book. Please let us know what you think by leaving us some reviews and comments on any of the platforms you are listening slash watching on or on our social media pages. This helps tremendously to get the word out and lead more listeners to find our show and tune in. Yes, don't forget to email follow subscribe rate us five stars and tell all your friends about us and i can't wait we can't wait to talk about our final thoughts about this book with you next week we hope the rest of your day is blissful bye thank you so much for listening join us next week where we start part six of a court of thorns and roses by sarah j mass where we discuss our final thoughts see you then Mm -hmm.